everybody. John Bishop here at John Bishop Fine Art. You're listening to Art Life, the podcast. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we've been busy. We've been going to actually reaching out and doing some different kinds of things, trying to find different ways to, to earn income and to kind of expand our, our uh, in- revenue streams with our art business. Uh, we recently went to uh, our first outdoor art market where we had a tent and everything. We went to the Houston Folk Music Festival down in Pearland, Clear Lake, uh, just south of Houston. And uh, it was a good day. It was a nice, pretty day. Sunny, but not hot. Um, but the the sales were very, very paltry. We uh, didn't make a lot of contacts. We didn't get any emails. I think we sold one piece of Bogdan's for $75. But there were some issues with the fair. First of all, um, you know, it was the first time they'd had it in this particular area. And they hadn't checked the calendars appropriately. The, and, and apparently there was a big do in the area on the same day. So that was kind of a competing factor. And then it turns out that the free music festival... Uh, unbeknownst to all of the vendors, uh, they were charging people $5, I think, to park. So the free concert actually cost $5 to get in. And that made a lot of people angry and they drove off and didn't come. Um, it, was, it was a pretty pretty sad turnout. But, you know, we were able to set up our tent for the first time. It was a lovely day out. We all we got both got sunburned. Um, our first burn of the year. Um, So it wasn't a bad experience. It just wasn't a very lucrative experience. Um, Would we do it again? Not with this particular group, I don't think. But uh, yeah, I think I'd do an outdoor fair again. I know that there are lists. People tell me that there are kind of ranked listings of art markets, uh, tent shows and things like that that uh, artists have actually, you know, given some sort of ranking to. Uh, that might be something that we could look into in, into the future. The thing is, is you, you have to bring so much gear with you. And we saw people there who were traveling from other states, and they had elaborate display systems, and wow, we just don't have the kind of room in our vehicle we would have to get a trailer in order to take that kind of that kind of display material. So not even inventory. We had plenty of inventory, uh, but we didn't have the layout. The we didn't look as professional as some of the other booths there. But you know, it's interesting. In order to attend some of these art fairs that you need tents for, you have to provide them with photos of your tent. If you've never been to one of these fairs, you don't have any photos of your setup. So we didn't have any. So what we one of the things we considered was, okay, we spent the day out, we spent the registration fee, um, and we were able to get some really nice photos of our tent. So that might help us in the future. So not a total loss. Um, I know a lot of people who just make the circuit. They just drive from one fair to the other. Uh, We don't want to do that. 
uh, the people that we know who have done that, none of them do it still. So apparently it's something that burns you out pretty quickly. Uh, this last Saturday, we went to um, the first ever art show held at a boutique hotel in Navasota, Texas, the P.A. Smith Hotel. It's actually a building that we were trying to buy before we bought this home uh, when we were still in Russia. So they have completely remodeled it and, and the, the area around it beautifully done. And they had their first ever art show. Again, I don't think there were 20 artists there. Um, it was not well attended. We ended up selling, oh, $600, uh, which is pretty good, uh, better than some of the others were doing. Uh, and I, I think the, for us, the, the determining factor there was that we brought stuff that other people didn't have. We had kind of modern things. It was very much, you know, lots of cows and horses and cacti and, and uh, religious stuff um, and country vibe. And ours had some country, but it was, it was more modern, more uh, fine arty. Uh, and and we, did, we did sell. One of the things Bogdan did that was quite clever was he took images of the new hotel itself and turned them into an art piece. So he, he used the photographs, he embellished them. They were photographs that he took, so they were his images to begin with. And of course, people at the hotel bought those images. So uh, that's always a good plan to have something of local interest. But I mean, it's just one more way we're trying to make our way in this, this art business uh, um, there's so many different ways to sell, and it's important because obviously selling is a big part of what you have to do as an artist. And uh, whether that's online sales, selling through the studio, these kinds of art markets, art fairs, we're trying different things. And we're meeting various levels of success. Uh, you know, we sell a lot in our studio, but we're completely dependent upon you know what the what the breeze brings in in the door. We don't we don't uh, have a ready audience that comes. Sometimes almost no one comes. Uh, other times in the on a Tuesday afternoon we'll do quite well. It just depends, and you just have to kind of be there and waste a lot of days uh, hoping for the good days. The fairs are good, but they're expensive uh, and far and few between. Uh, and we don't make a lot on online. I mean, I just sold a piece online. Stacia, thank you very much. Uh, she's a, a woman that I actually worked with in Russia, and she has bought now two pieces from me. Uh, so, but generally, I don't I don't sell much of anything online. Um, I, I do have uh, various online platforms that I I sell my art from, and one of them is Fine Art America, and I've noticed lately that I get a routinely, because I get statistics, I get routine visits from people in China. And while that sounds exciting, actually, I'm afraid that they're actually stealing my designs, that they're stealing my artwork to put on products. I've heard of that happening. And uh, you know, when I only get four views and they're all from China, that's, uh, 
little a little nerve-wracking for me, so I may not be sticking with that particular venue much longer. And there's not really much you can do about it. I mean, I could get an international attorney and try and sue them through international courts in The Hague. Not going to happen. Uh, and 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 China is not a um, a good partner anyway, as far as uh, intellectual freedom and in rights, um, copyrights and intellectual freedom rights. So anyway, that is what it is. Uh, we're not making a lot of money on that. So um, we do also do the YouTube. We do YouTube uh, blog. I do this podcast, both the audio and the video podcast. I do a blog. Actually, I do two blogs now. And um, through all of that, eh, we're still not really getting much traction. I know there's a lot of competition out there, but we've been doing it quite a long time. I think we have 350 videos posted. Uh, a lot of them are crap. I'll own that. But uh, we have been doing it for quite a while, and it just doesn't seem to be catching on. Oddly enough, I started doing some shorts uh, for YouTube. And whereas a good video of ours, we might get 30 views, which doesn't hardly make it seem worthwhile doing. Uh, but for a short, I'll get 200 views. Uh, we actually tried to monetize, not monetize, what is that called? To uh, actually pay for some advertising uh, on YouTube to promote videos. And when we promote a video, we get like 2,000 views and we get subscribers from that. But uh, that is a paid service. And it just may be the reality that when you're starting out like we are, um, you might have to pay to get that kind of attention. And there are various ways to get attention and we can talk about that at another time. Uh, but I've been watching and I'm trying to learn. I, I pay a lot of attention to the certain video uh, kind of influencers, uh, YouTubers, uh, podcasts that, uh, and, and I try and internalize what I see them doing and how we could make ours better. You know, the important thing for us, and, and Bogan and I have talked about this quite a lot, we keep doing things like the art chat that we do every week. We don't get many views at all on that, but it's really good for us to spend some time just chatting about our art. And uh, I really think that that is still worth doing, um, particularly, I think, for Bogdan because it's in his second language. So the more he can get comfortable talking about his art, the better. I just think it's really good for us to do these kinds of, of broadcasts. Um, so I thank you guys for listening and watching. Uh, but uh, I'm not just doing it for you. I'm also doing it for me. But, you know, it's funny because I get that imposter syndrome. I, I look at what other people are doing and I think to myself, who do I think I am coming across as somebody who has something to say about art, about art business, about, I don't know, creativity in general. And it's so, so frustrating because I watch things and I watch people. I just saw somebody today who 
was touted as being this multi-millionaire at a very, very young age, um, showing his beautiful villa on the beach and all his Rolex watch collection and his, his cologne collection and just obscenely wealthy. Uh, and I went then and looked at some of his content I don't believe I've ever seen a less educated human being in my whole life. And I hate to sound like a snob, but this guy was just saying ridiculous things um, with absolute... He, he was just... He wasn't making much sense at all. He didn't really have any points. Um, but, but he was saying things that I think made you feel like if you were, because he was wealthy, what he had to say was important and the people would listen to it. And looking at the views and subscriptions, that largely may be true. He was really pretty. And I know I'm not that pretty. Uh, he was young and, and handsome. So there's, there is that. I get that. But the fact that he had almost no content, it was all bling, it was all rant, and I thought, I don't want to do that. Even if that's what people want to hear, I, I could never pull that off. And secondly, I don't want to do that. I don't want to provide that kind of content. Um, and then I look at others who I really do enjoy their content, and they're largely spending their 20, 30-minute uh, podcast or, or video just stroking people, telling them how wonderful they are and telling them how they can do anything. They, should, they are wonderful people and they're great artists and they are worthy of, of great respect and, and they're going to be okay. And that's great. That kind of motivational speak. Um, that kind of motivational presentation, that's great. I, I, I like hearing it. It's not particularly in-depth. They don't offer very much. I mean, I, I have actually gone into those because I try and study these things. I go in and try and take notes, and at the end, I have no notes. It's just this string of platitudes and, and compliments and, and, again, not a lot of content. So I, I would just like to pause and say if, if you are looking for that kind of content, man, it's out there. And if you do need someone to tell you, you are great. You are doing well. Uh, the fact that you're interested in your art business puts you ahead of so many people who just don't consider it. I mean, I literally have studio space and people who spend a good amount of money every month for a, for a studio in this, this kind of premier location. And they have no interest in running an art business. They don't care about sales. They're rich housewives who want to get away from their families. They are uh, professionals who are like so overworked that they need to have a place to escape and express themselves. So they really don't need the money um, and, and aren't that concerned about sales. 
There are other people who are just pie in the sky and who have no, uh, who just want to, and they will tell you, I just want to sit and paint. I just want to create. I I don't want to have to do all this sales stuff and all this business stuff. Um, So the fact that you are interested in these kinds of things and you are looking for that kind of content, you are already way ahead of the pack. Um, And uh, so I, I will give you that pat on the back. I think you've, you've earned it. Uh, I know that uh, it's not the full answer. Lord knows it hasn't been for us. Um, But to me, what I look for is more of that relationship, that idea that there are people like me out there and that they are going through the same kinds of things that I'm going through. And together, we can bounce ideas off of each other. We can be comforted by the fact that everybody's not not necessarily doing great every day. Uh, and I don't have fancy watches or Maseratis in my, in my uh, garage. And, uh, you know, this guy was lamenting that he had no personal chef and he really doesn't cook. So he's having a hard time having to have food delivered every day. I'm like, you know, shut up. <laughs> I don't care. That's just, you're not getting my sympathy. Uh, so anyway, that's where I am with all of that. We are struggling to make sense of what we're doing with all of this content uh, because it doesn't get the kind of notoriety others are getting. Uh, I have traced people that started about the same time that we did, and they have a lot more subscriptions than we do. So maybe the topic we're talking about is, is too niche. We'll see. Uh, but that's what I love. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you talk about what you are passionate about, what you love. Uh, so to kind of update you, we're still waiting with Aripa Arte. We have started the nonprofit. We um, have pro- provided all of the information that was required. And then they came, the IRS came back and said they needed about 12 more pages of, of uh, questions answered and documents. So that has all been sent in. And we're still just kind of waiting around. We really can't start fundraising until that 501c3 tax-free status comes because anybody who gives won't be able to declare uh, those donations on their taxes. So we're kind of holding in a holding pattern there, but we're not stopping. We have created a website. I just did my PayPal account today, setting up emails and uh, social media channels. And uh, we're also talking to artists. So we're reaching out now to find other artists, particularly Romanians, um, and asking them what they need. We don't want to assume that we know better than the people who live in Romania. And so we're asking. We're asking through emails and surveys and any kind of conversation we can have with uh, contemporary artists in Romania and from Romania. And not only artists, but also gallery owners and and museum folks and uh, academics who work with artists, uh, curators, uh, critics, art critics, people who are involved in the art market there. We don't want to come in and kind of compete with the, uh, the art world as it is already set up in Romania. But we want to add to, we want to be able to complement and support uh, 
Uh, so yeah, that's what we're doing now. We're doing, so even though we're not able to really launch yet, um, we are building a lot of the infrastructure and we're doing a lot of asking questions. Uh, and uh, it's so funny, um, you know, when I, I look at those folks that I told you we've been watching online, uh, and, and you kind of emulate the kinds of things that you admire. So if what you admire is that level of wealth that I described that young man, uh, you're, you're going to try and emulate those things. And so when I look at Aripa Arte and I look at this nonprofit, I'm not hoping that Aripa Arte provides me with a Lamborghini. I'm not looking for this to bring me great wealth and, and fame. Uh, but I am looking for this organization to grow to the extent that I, as an officer in this organization, can be reaching out to people all over the world. So that might include travel for me and, and, and uh, speaking engagements and, and hosting events and launching programs and doing a lot of fundraising. And, and that will all be fairly new to me. Uh, and so those things may look kind of luxurious, but you don't have to be wealthy to do all those things. And as I'm finding out, meeting other uh, founders and, and uh, directors of nonprofits, uh, they're not, they're not, uh, they don't have great staffs, they're not eating caviar uh, and, and, and flying first class but they are able to create this, this bubble that supports the organization. And that's, I think, where I'd like to get uh, in however long it takes to get there. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it will bring a lifestyle with it, but it's not the wealth or fame that I'm after. It's, I, I wanna do some good. And in order to do some good, I need to talk to people who I normally wouldn't talk to, uh, because those are the people who are going to be able to support us. And the artists that we're able to help, those are the people that I'd like to be working with. Um, and uh, yeah, so I do have high ambitions, but they're not rich and famous. Uh, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I'm seeking. Interesting, if you'd like to help, I mean, I, I mentioned that we're not really fundraising at this point, but I could use some help. Uh, if you do have any suggestions, even just conversationally, what would you like help with? If you're a creative working in a kind of solo entrepreneurship or a small team, uh, creative artists, what would you like help with from an organization. And let's try and bring those things into the nonprofit that we're creating. So I would love to have those conversations in the, in the, in the comments. You can get to my email. It's on the aripaarte.org or johnbishopfineart.com. Send me emails. Uh, just tell me what it is you're thinking because that can help us go a long way in creating the kind of 
kind of organization that can offer real help to real people. And that's really what I'm after with this, this new nonprofit. So yeah, that's where I have been. Uh, we're still waiting on the IRS. We don't know how long that'll take. I hear horror stories that it can take up to a year. Um, but it's, also, it's already been three or four months, so you know who knows. I'll check the mail, maybe it's here today. But uh, until such time, we are still building that. Uh, I would love to have your participation. And um, just to reiterate, if you're out there feeling lonely, like you're not, don't know where you are in your art career, if you feel like you need that kind of support, I will tell you, you are doing great. Um, if, if, uh, if that kind of kind of support, that, that inspirational message is something that is valued, uh, let me tell you, there is nothing like dedicating your life to something you love. I was a librarian for 30 years. I don't miss it at all. I mean, I loved my job, I lo and I was good at it. I don't miss it at all. I would do this again in a heartbeat. And if times get hard and I'm eating ramen and living out of my van, then I'll do it because I'm never going to go back to giving up my life for a paycheck. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm adamant about the fact that we all have talent. If you're doing this, if you're following this kind of content, it's because you are looking at doing this for a career or as a business, as a, a money-making venture. Uh, do it. There is no right time. You just plan as best you can, and then at some point you just step off that cliff and don't look back. Uh, so that's your inspirational message for the week. So uh, I sure would appreciate your, your comments. Uh, I do thank you. And uh, I'm going to sign off here. I've got some art I want to, to crank out. We're getting ready for an exhibition uh, the 1st of June. And then I have my own solo show in, uh, in November. So I have a lot of work to do. Have a great week. Stay creative. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye now.